You don't have to be afraid and you don't have to be defeated and beat up in life. You can stand flat-footed and look it straight and squarely in the eye and say that I will not be defeated by you and I will overcome you. I'm bigger than you and you cannot defeat me. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. So delighted to have you today, those of you joining us by television or joining us at airjesus.com. Stay tuned to today's message. Today is part two of something we started uh, last time entitled Overcoming Adversity. Overcoming adversity. And let's look at a couple of scriptural verses along the lines of this subject. Um, you can open your Bibles to the book of Romans, the book of Romans chapter 5, the book of Romans chapter 5. And you can also stick your finger in 1 Corinthians, or rather 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and in Romans chapter 5. We'll read... Um, we can read Romans chapter 5. Let's begin with verses 1. We'll read verses 1 through 4. Romans chapter 5. When you get there, say amen. Let's read beginning with verse 1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. Ready? Read. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also... We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And I love this. He said, we're not just glorying. Are, are rejoicing in the glory of God, he said, we're also glorying in our tribulations. I love this translation. Moffat's translation reads it this way. He says, not only so, but we triumph even in our troubles. We triumph even in our troubles. So notice what he's saying. We're not just living triumphantly, when things are glorious, when everything is wonderful, those are not the only times we're living triumphant. He says, we, not only so, but we triumph even in our troubles, even in our troubles. So we're talking about overcoming adversity. Look at Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 2, Second Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, notice what he says here. Read it with me in unison, 2 Corinthians 2, 14, ready? Now, thanks be unto God, which always, maybe, did he say sometimes? Did he say every once in a while? Did he say, um, you know, just a little bit? Always, always. Notice what it says. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph 
in Christ Jesus. So he always causes us to triumph. And so what I gather from God's word, I gather certain words that God uses concerning us and concerning the troubles of life and concerning adversity. And this is what God says concerning us. He calls us victorious. He calls us overcomers. He calls us more than conquerors. And here he calls us triumphant. He always causes us to triumph. We triumph even in our troubles. And so there is something within us innately by God, by God's design and creation, that we are supposed to overcome adversity. We are not supposed to just lie down and allow adversity to run all over us and walk all over us and leave us defeated and depressed and bent out of shape. No, we are designed by God. We have God's spiritual heritage. We have God's spirit and anointing. We have God's enabling power. We have God's presence on the inside of us to overcome anything that we face in this life. To overcome anything we face in this life. I want you to understand about adversity that without battles, there are no victories. There are no triumphs. There is nothing to conquer. So by the mere fact that God calls us uh, more than conquerors and he calls us triumphant and overcomers and victorious, that means that uh, there are battles that are meant to be defeated by us. That's the only reason they come to us is for them to be defeated by us. And so God wants us to walk over some things in life. He wants us to be triumphant over some things and victorious over some things in life. I like something that Booker T. Washington said. He said, I have learned that success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which one has overcome while trying to succeed. He said that's really the mark of success. Not where somebody has attained something, but what they had to overcome to get there. It's the overcoming nature that makes somebody successful. Somebody who persevered. Somebody who stared right in the face of trouble and wouldn't back away, wouldn't back down, would refuse to be denied. Somebody who was an overcomer, who was who would dealt some some unfair uh, situations in life, but they refused to be defeated, refused to lay down, and kept coming back, even though they were knocked down, kept getting up and coming back stronger than before. It's that overcoming spirit that makes us successful in life. Yes, there are things that will come up against you in life, but the good news is you can overcome them. That's the good news. You can overcome them. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can overcome them. That's the good news. That's the good news. We have God's power and presence in us, enabling us to handle anything that comes our way. That's the good news of the gospel. We have God's power and presence in us, enabling us to handle 
anything that comes our way. Let me read something to you that Ann Landers said. I thought it was so fitting. She said, if I were asked to give what I consider the single most useful bit of advice for all humanity, it would be this. Expect trouble as an inevitable part of life. And when it comes, hold your head high, look it squarely in the eye, and say, I will be bigger than you. You cannot defeat me. I like that. I like the way she addressed trouble. She recognized that trouble is an, in, an adversity. They are uh, inevitable parts of life. They will come. It will happen. You can't, you can't get around that. They are a part of life. But she said, what you can do, you don't have to shrink back in fear. You don't have to dodge it. You don't have to be afraid and you don't have to be defeated and beat up in life. She said you can stand flat-footed and look it straight and squarely in the eye and say that I will not be defeated by you and I will overcome you. I'm bigger than you and you cannot defeat me. I like that. I like that. Repeat after me. Adversity, you will not defeat me. Come what may, you will not defeat me. You feel something rising up on the inside of you there? That's a, that's a determined spirit. Here's one of the, uh, the keys, the aspects of overcoming adversity. You gotta be determined. You gotta be determined. You gotta be determined that nothing is gonna defeat you. Nothing in life is gonna defeat you. Nothing. It's a determined, it's an inward determination that I believe God created in us and a lot of us don't realize it's there but if we allow the presence and the power of God to operate in our lives this force will you know it'll bring you back when you thought it was nothing left when you thought you wouldn't be able to come back there's something that'll rise you back to your feet and you'll be able to overcome anything that happens in life it's a determination it's a determination. You gotta be determined. You gotta tell your neighbor, say, you gotta be determined. I read, the, I read the testimony of a young lady. She was in her early twenties, a school teacher, just starting her career. And her life was interrupted when she was struck by a, a drunk driver. And she became a pentaplegic, meaning that she had, she could no longer use her arms. She could no longer have the use of her legs. And she could not breathe on her own. She had a ventilator. And even though life had interrupted her, ended all of her, ended her career and stopped her cold in her tracks, she refused to be defeated. She was a born educator. She wouldn't allow it to stop her. Even though she couldn't breathe on her own, she said, bring me a computer. And she said, put a stick in my mouth. And she took a stick in her mouth and began to type on the computer. She began to type books. She began to put her experiences in books and write and type with no use of her arms or legs and couldn't breathe on her own. Yet she continued to educate. She wouldn't allow adversity to stop her. She overcame adversity because she was determined. 
because she was determined to do it. There's something Jesus said, and we looked at the verse last week, and, and you don't have to turn there, but in John 16, 33, Jesus said, be of good cheer. You know, you'll have tribulation in the world, but he said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I've already overcome the world for you. And I, I like some, uh, some other readings of that. Um, one translation says, have a good heart on it. Have a good heart on it. Have a good heart on it. And he's really saying it's, it's really translated as, as be courageous. Be courageous. In other words, don't be a crybaby. Don't be a, turn to your neighbor and say, don't be a crybaby. Be, be courageous. There, there's something, there's a determination. And these are the words I kept pulling from scripture that I begin to see that qualities you have to have to overcome adversity. You gotta be determined and you have to have courage. You gotta be, you have to have the courage. Come what may that I'm willing to stand there and look adversity in the eye and say, I will not be defeated. You will not defeat me. I will be bigger than you. That takes courage. It takes determination. And this is what uh, Jesus said. And my commentary said about that verse, it says, keep up delight in God, whatever is pressing. Keep your delight in God. Keep up hope in God, whatever is threatening. Keep your hope in God. Keep your delight in God. No matter what's pressing or what's threatening, keep your hope and your delight in God. I want to share some things um, with you today about what adversity, first of all, understanding adversity, getting a better perspective of adversity. Because you can overcome adversity when you have a, uh, a right perspective of it, when you have your, your, your thinking and your vision uh, properly um, you, you, you know, a proper perspective, a proper focus and, and view of adversity, it, it, it really helps you to overcome it that much easier and better. And so I want to share some things that adversity um, does for us. Number one, adversity makes us stronger. Adversity makes us stronger, gives us a better quality. And I, you know, it's, it's almost like uh, without adversity, you know, steel is tempered by fire. It's the fire that is the tempering in fire that where steel gets its strength. Otherwise, it would just be brittle and, and weak and break. And, and so we have to understand that in our lives, the reason that life has adversity and God allows us to have adversity is because it makes us stronger. It develops strength in us. It, and, and really the word, the, really the word I kept running into is the word fortitude. It, it, it gives you substance. It gives you backbone. It gives you an ability to stand. It gives you the ability to, it, it gives you something, something to be made out of, something sturdy, solid, where you can stand, where you have, the Bible uses, you know, in our text in Romans 5.3, it says, um, you remember in our text, it talked about, um, you know, we not only we rejoice and we rejoice in the glory of God, but we also rejoice. We, we triumph in our troubles. And it goes on to say that um, that this trouble 
worketh patience. In James, the book of James, also chapter 1, says the same thing. He says, brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers tests, trials, temptations, and so forth, uh, knowing that the trial of your faith worketh patience. The word patience is further broken down. It means endurance, so lasting power. And you further break endurance down to fortitude. Where you, where you have some backbone, you have a frame, where, you're not, where the wind won't just blow you away, where you won't just snap and break in half, where you won't be weak and just shrivel to the ground. Fortitude, where you're fortified, where something is backing you up, where something is holding you up, where you're made out of something, where you're solid. Where you're not just a, a, a weak, limp-wristed sissy. <laughs> no, some, some fortitude. 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 It wants you to be made out of something. And so adversity, uh, it, it, it builds strength in us. It builds strength in us. It, it, it gives us um, that fortitude, that endurance, lasting power, endurance. And so adversity comes to build strength in us. There was an experiment done with bees. And bees, a group of bees, were taken out of space, one of the space shuttles, to study the effect of weightlessness on bees. And sure enough, when the bees got in space, they were just like humans. They floated. There was no gravity. And so they didn't have to flap their wings. They just floated. And it looked like they were just doing well. They were just floating. No adversity. No resistance. No work. No struggle. And they just floated. After three days, all the bees died. And it's because bees are built for adversity. They are built with wings to flap in the face of, it, of resistance. They are built, their wings, they, it's, it's in there, you know, without resistance, they die. And the same thing happens to us. We're, we're built for adversity. That's where the strength comes from. You have to have resistance to build strength. You have to have when a when a butterfly, the same thing happens with a butterfly. When the when a butterfly is in the cocoon, and when the butterfly is breaking out of the cocoon, it's the struggle of breaking out of the cocoon that builds the strength in the wings of the butterfly that gives it the ability to fly. If you took the cocoon and broke it open for the butterfly, that butterfly would be unable to fly because there'd be no strength in its wings. So adversity, resistance, struggle, it builds strength out of us. It allows us to be made out of something. You'll never be great without struggle. You'll never be successful without resistance. It's, it's those who have gone through something, there's a fortitude in them. There's an endurance in them. There's staying power in them. And so when you understand adversity, when adversity comes, you can now look at it with a different perspective. Say, hey, this is coming to make me stronger. This is coming to give me a spiritual workout. Because without adversity, my spiritual muscles grow weak and flabby. 
And I, I, I'm just sitting on the couch with nothing to do. But no, when adversity comes, now you have something to work out. You got something to work and it builds muscle, it builds strength and fortitude and endurance into your life. So you look at adversity different. It is, it is there to challenge you. It is, there to, it is there to strengthen you and to make you stronger. There was, a, there was another uh, interesting occasion that took place um, in the northeast part of the United States where uh, the fishing business was really booming uh, with codfish. And so these fishermen and companies that were in business selling all of this codfish in the region, they said, you know what, this would, there's a market all over the U.S. for, the, for these codfish, and we need, to, we need to distribute our fish all over. And so they froze the fish and began to ship them out and distribute them all over the U.S. But there was a problem. When people got them frozen, fish had lost the flavor. Taste didn't taste right. And so they said, we can't do that. We can't ship them frozen. They said, I know what we'll do. We'll ship them alive. And so they got big tanks of fresh seawater and they shipped the fish alive. But the only problem was the, the fish, the codfish, when they shipped them, they stayed still in the tanks. And so because they were dormant and just lying around in the tanks, when the people got them, they tasted even worse because the fish were mushy, they were soft, and they had lost their flavor again. And somebody came up with a brilliant idea to add some catfish, add some live catfish into those tanks. Because catfish are the natural enemy, the predator to codfish. And when they added the catfish, oh, now those codfish had to swim. They had to stay alert. They had to be alive. They had to exercise because they were swimming for their lives all over. And when the people received them, those fish were fresh. They were tasty because those fish had been challenged. They had been active. And sometimes God has to drop adversity into our world, into our tanks to challenge us, to keep us fresh, to keep us alert. To keep us vibrant, to keep us alive. And so when you have this viewpoint, this perspective of adversity, you don't fear it. You don't regret it. You don't run from it. You're not afraid of it. When you begin to understand the higher purpose of adversity, uh, and you understand that it's there to strengthen you, it's there to cause you to struggle, because no great battles are won. There are no great victories without some great battles fought. There are no champions if there are no hurdles to jump. And so adversity comes to bring the very best out of us and to strengthen us and to challenge us and to push us further than we ever thought we could go in life. And it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. So keep, keep that in mind. Be mindful of that, that it makes us stronger and it makes us better quality. You're, you won't be mushy, too soft. Some people are too soft. They're too soft and they cry over anything. Too emotional. Too, see, that's too mushy. You like those codfish that were laying around. Too mushy. You're too soft. And so adversity has to toughen us up. And so you need to go through some things to learn how to overcome some things. How not to cry over every little thing that happened but to throw your shoulders back 
and say, hey, I got to go through this. It's going to be a battle, but it's going to be a good fight. Oh, it's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a good fight. And you start looking forward to it. It's going to be a good fight. I like George Foreman. When he came back, he was almost 50 years old, and somebody had entertained the idea of him fighting Tyson, who at that time was just, uh, you know, a terrible, terrorizing fighter. And George Foreman licked, licked his lips. He said, that sounds very zesty. He said, that, that, he said, that sounds spicy. He said, I want a piece of Mike Tyson. <laughs> I'm out of time. I want you to go to airjesus.com. You can listen to this message, message number 7405. You can also email it to a friend absolutely free of charge. We want you to overcome adversity. And thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because brother... You need the word. You are listening to airjesus.com and the online word.com. This was the second message in the Overcoming Adversity series by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7405. That's 7405. The next message is number 7406. To listen to the entire series, click series on the online word.com. Listen to airjesus.com and the online word.com often and keep your spirit charged up.